Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third part of my conversation with my talented and amazing friend, the Palestinian British poet Hannah Hazem. This episode, we talk about being Palestinian British, visiting Palestine for the first time and only time in her life, sharing Palestinian recipes with her British friends, educating her friends about Palestine and the Palestinian rights, and about the struggle of inheriting two cultures. Enjoy listening Gaza Guy with Mao Musa from Gaza. Compliment motivates the poet or uh, like, I know sometimes, I, me personally, I write uh, for myself most of the time. Like I want to describe that state of emotion that I was in or that experience mm-hmm. that, I had, that I have been through or that memory or whatever. And sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember that I wrote something to ask for compliment or to for people to like it. Yeah, I no, I agree. I think everything that I write has been relating to a feeling and, and I don't share all my poems. So on, on Instagram, for example, I don't share all of them. It's just the ones that I want. I'm ready. I, I've uh, allowed those feelings to be. I've written what I needed to do. It's out of my system. And it's part of the process of healing, the part of the process of um, just putting it out there so that you can kind of wrap that up and say that was a chapter and I'm happy with that now and I can let it go. But it's it's never for, it's obviously great for someone to say I like it. It's not about the compliments of it, it's more about um, I was right when it about resonates. This. I was right. You, see, you tell yourself, oh, I was right about this, maybe what I wrote. Yes, exactly. It's confirmation. It's, yeah. Um, it's a part of therapy, isn't it? Just to kind of get your feelings out there. Um, but what I really like is when people say to me, it's not so much about the compliments, it's, it's a bit more like, that's exactly how I was feeling and you put it into words. Oh, um, there, yeah. And, and it's like a thank you to, I, I couldn't put that into words and I couldn't understand it and now I do. And that's, that is really, you, you can't. They, you as a poet, you were, uh, you cannot disconnect yourself from the environment that around that uh, that you put yourself in. They inspire you in a way or another uh, mm-hmm. to write about what your friend is going through, or what or a story you hear from your friend, or uh, an experience that mm-hmm. happened to one of your friends or one of your brothers or sisters. They motivate mm-hmm. you in mm-hmm. not a direct way, in very indirect yes. way to write a poem and they might find themselves in that poem. Yeah, you're right. I was trying to talk about being Palestinian. Have you ever been uh, to Palestine? I have been to Palestine. I was lucky enough to go in 2013. So um, I went with my mum and my dad and my sister. My my parents and my sister had been a couple of times before that and it was my first time and actually my only time just once yeah you know and I regret it I feel like I need to make the effort to go again I think um, there's no excuse really it's other than now the plans has it changed since the coronavirus you know? yeah no no nobody <laughs> can travel I know everything has exactly. changed um, but yeah there was something different about going back it felt like going back what to is my it? roots and um, the, the feeling of just um, so all my life I have known um, I'm half Palestinian and half British. Uh, my parents raised me with both cultures Your and both identities. British. My mom is British, yes. Um, 
And I um, think I've seen a picture of you and your mother, and I think you look alike. Yeah, people say that. Although some people say I'm more like my dad, but who knows? Sometimes it's hard to resemble your father because it's um, you see more you familiarity. Cannot judge, and, yeah, you cannot judge this at all. People can see it, but yeah. you cannot. Yeah, you're right. So, so yeah. So I've always kind of been proud of the Palestinian culture, and um, like I said before, the sense of identity is strong within me. But obviously, it can be difficult to bring the two together because they're not exactly the same, and um, there's a lot of conflict sometimes between my the two British, identities. Yeah, being the British and being Palestinian, which yeah. identity or which culture I fit in? You ask yourself exactly. And and the you know people that know me, the Palestinians that know me, the Arabs that know me, um, acknowledge that I'm Arab, and and that's great. But there's something different, so there's not always that full acknowledgement or full acceptance. My British friends know that I'm a proud Palestinian, and, and I try and educate them where I can about the conflict, about the history, um, about the cultures. I'm constantly trying to make them um, different foods that I know how to make. We recently had Eid, and my sister and I sat and made some mamoud, and I was taking them around to everywhere, saying, "You have to try these. This is, you know, my culture." Um, but they, but at the same time, they know that I'm a little bit different, so I don't quite fit in um, there. So, yeah, and and it's it's about accepting it for yourself, and you know, what other people see is up to them. Um, it is more about just just being able to speak to enough people that understand at least half of you is the uh, is the key for me. Yes, you spoke about food. What about food? I absolutely love food. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you prefer, the Middle Eastern or the British? Middle Eastern more than um, kind of other British food really have that much of an identity. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things that make things traditionally British, but they're often what is from the different cultures anyway, um, or a mix of things. Um, I suppose what you would call traditionally British are fish and chips. <laughs> So, Why? yeah, battered fish and chips, because that's the tradition that's been going for many years, and it's kind of what you have on a Sunday. And um, there's also, you know, a roast. So you have a roast lamb or um, roast bit of beef, potatoes, Yorkshire puddings, vegetables, gravy. Uh, that's your Sunday yeah, traditional. Yeah, your traditional roast dinner. You usually have it on a Sunday. Um, but other than that, you know, Britain is so multicultural now that um, people's favourite meal, they'll, yeah, they'll say now it's a curry. I think it was actually voted the top food in the UK many years ago was a curry. So, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's dependent. Yeah, I think the Middle Eastern food is very famous out there. It is, but there's not enough. Um, if you go to London, there's more kind of restaurants that you can have the Middle Eastern food, whereas up in Yorkshire, where I am, it's um, a little bit harder to come by. So, What is your favorite Palestinian dish? Uh, kousa, without a doubt. Kousa oh machine. Uh, or or uh, that <laughs> You cannot choose any, any of that. But if we talk like my number one is my glue. Actually, yes, Magluba is probably number two for me. Like, but I, I have that more often, I think. Magluba, 
And if we're talking about desserts, kanafe, you know, it's, I, I dream <laughs> oh, about kanafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And I was very lucky to try I've been the eating, original. Uh, in Ramadan, I've been eating every day kanafe, like every day. Have you? Yes. Oh, don't tell me. I'm jealous now. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's something that... That was in Ramadan, in Ramadan, not today. Okay, not, not anymore. And I don't think that was healthy, but you cannot uh, spend Ramadan without knafa at night. No, exactly, exactly. Um, we we were very lucky to go to have the original Nabulsi uh, kanafe when I was, did my visit in 2013. Ooh, I, how was that experience? Oh, wow, wow. There, then, like, oh my God, the cheese yeah. out there in Nablus is something different. Absolutely, never ever to be repeated, I think, unless I go back. That's, that's my intention, to go back and have some more of that kanafe. 